0: scarletteen.com Sex ed for the real world Inclusive, comprehensive, supportive Sexuality and relationships Info for teens and emerging adults Be a blabbermouth The whys, what's and how's Of talking about sex with a partner You can read everything from the Kama Sutra To the joy of sex Watch porn vids Until your eyeballs fall out Have a ton of sexual experience Or physically channel matahari or casanova but if you don't know how to openly communicate with your partners with your words chances are neither you nor your partner are going to have really healthy beneficial and satisfying sexual experiences especially in the long term communicating clearly and well about sex and relationship issues before and after you become sexually active with someone the whole works not just when whispering sweet or saucy nothings into a lover's ear not only puts you in a place where you can have satisfying sex and sexual relationships short and long-term and feel good about them, it helps keep everyone safe and sound both physically and emotionally. If you have a car, you know that you've got to keep a pretty good eye on the oil in the engine. If you run out, no matter how great of shape your car is in, it's not going to keep working and may well explode in your face. Solid communication is the oil that keeps the engine of your sexual relationships running smoothly. How to talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Talking with your partner about sex isn't just about asking what one person has or hasn't done before, wants to do, or about what gets everyone hot under the collar. hmm Talking about sex with a partner also involves discussing what pace you're comfortable with your sexual health and your partner's health, what you want or need to be comfortable engaging in a given sexual activity, how you masturbate, how you feel about your body, what feels good and what really doesn't, say for sex and birth control, your sexual ethics and beliefs relationship model negotiation the works good sexual communication means you are creating and maintaining an environment in which you and your partner and or partners can really talk openly about sex in and out of bed even when what you have to say isn't very sexy or isn't what the other might want to hear hmm It means being able to say no and having no be accepted and easily respected without pressure to say yes. It means being able to say yes knowing it doesn't mean you or they have to say yes every time. It's no big shocker that talking about sex openly and intimately isn't very easy. Most of the media around us doesn't portray sexual discussion realistically or wholly. W H O L L Y. We're shown either only the super fantastic, earth shaking shit or very big ass problems. Not all of the shades in between that make up most of our sexual experiences. Most of the talking about sex we see in the movies only happens when people are having sex and tends to consist of little but monosyllables or the standard that was great after sex is done and it isn't just teens who have a tough time with sexual communication many adults in long-term sexual partnerships don't have the hang of it and plenty still prefer to avoid sexual discussions rather than practice them a rare few of us grew up in households where sex was discussed healthily and openly good sexual communication generally requires more than a single word response for a lot of people of all ages honest and open sexual communication is brand new terrain terrain before you become sexually active with someone take a look at how you communicate with them about other things are you able to talk openly and freely about your feelings for each other about relationship models time management previous romantic slash sexual relationships and peer and family relationships and deal with crises Are you friends? Do you talk like friends? If not, it's wise to take a pause and evaluate if that partner is a smart sex partner for you yet. Don't fuck dumbass motherfuckers. Just don't do that shit. After all, if you don't feel comfortable talking about needing a little more time together or a little more space on what's going on with your family, it's going to be a serious challenge to talk about wanting to be touched more here or there to need to change how the two of you or all the sexual partners involved the more than two of you are practicing safer sex or birth control or about having a yeast infection. If daily communication, especially about things which are very close to your heart, don't doesn't feel pretty easy just yet, work on that first or consider that That person may not be an ideal partner for you. Look at your own existing sexual communication in other parts of your life. Are you able to discuss sexual issues with your friends or your physician with a decent level of comfort and honesty, even if things sometimes feel a bit awkward? Can you use language for sexuality, like the correct words for your sexual parts or real terms for sexual activities comfortably? If you're already at those points then you've got a great foundation for sexual communication. You can lay it down from the onset before you have any kind of sex at all. Just be say, just by saying something like before we have sex together, I want us to aim to always talk about sex honestly and freely, even when it seems weird. I feel like that's important for both our physical and emotional safety as well as so that we can have really great sex. Just making your intentions clear like that opens the door, allowing both you and all the sexual partners involved permission to talk about sex with maturity and be honest when you do. And, okay, some sample sexual conversations is the link that they put on this episode, that they put in this article, so I will be uh, definitely um, putting that, in the description of this episode, I meant to say. Those sample conversations don't have to be literal scripts for you. And my vernacular may not sound like the way you and your partners talk. I'm 37, you're probably not. Gag me with a spoon and like, totally that's grotty to the max. We're part of my teenage lingo. Thank Christ, they're probably not part of yours. But the basics remain, the basics. Sound sexual communication is all about being honest. Even when it feels awkward or embarrassing, but if you're going to be naked and slash your sexual with someone, things are going to be awkward and embarrassing sometimes no matter what. Being forthright and open, which anyone can do while still being kind to the other person. Owning your own shit and the other person being able to, to do the same. And accepting that sometimes because we need to communicate important things, sex might not seem so sexy for a bit and we may even shelve sex, we were going to have in exchange for talking about it. Even that seems like a bummer at the time, I can guarantee you that it'll mean the next times you do have any kind of sex, it's far more likely to be emotionally, interpersonally, and physically better. Where to have a talk? Pick emotionally safe, neutral space to talk about sex in. Often it's best to talk about sex in depth, when you're not in the middle of having sex when no one is naked since most people feel more vulnerable that way and when you're not in an environment which can make it feel like having sex is more important than talking about it. Obviously, too, talking about sex between all the sexual partners involved very personally isn't a conversation for when you're in a big group hanging out with friends or in the busy halls at school where even the walls tend to have ears. Nosy ass people. For short. Suffice it to say, there will be times that it either feels just fine to talk about sex while in bed, and then times when it's also a and times when it's also, in, when it's also unavoidable. Tongue tied. Bear with me, y'all. For instance, if you're setting a limit on what you want to do in the midst of your partner starting to do that activity without asking. You need to set that limit right there and then. Or if you two are laying around after sex and strike up a conversation about your sex life, and it feels safe and comfortable for you to have it then, then no problem. Check out some general themes we usually see in productive and communicative sexual conversations, I statements. In other words, I feel that rather than you make me feel like, or when you do X, I experience Y. Instead of you do Y to me, I feel ready for sex, not my friend Joe is having sex with his girlfriend. When you're speaking for yourself and about yourself, frame it that way. Even if you are calling out a partner on their behavior or actions, people tend to stop listening when An expression sounds more like an accusation. Acknowledge the awkwardness in so many ways. Anything sexual between people is awkward. And talking about it often is too, especially when those conversations are being had for the first time. You can let a lot of the air out of the balloon just by saying that you feel awkward and by being okay with that. It helps make it okay for your partner to feel awkward too. Same goes double for accepting that sex talk can be loaded. As a longtime sexuality educator, completely outside of my personal life, I'm acutely aware that people can fly off the handle pretty easily when talking about their sex lives and that most people are pretty hypersensitive about sex. That's unsurprising. Sexuality is very personal. It makes us feel very vulnerable and exposed. And there's an awful lot of pressure in the world to be sexually perfect, no matter how unrealistic that is. Prime the pump, as it were, and make sure your partner is in the right headspace to have a discussion about sex at a given time. Just by asking if they are and if they're not, just make clear you need to soon, T-O soon, and would like them to let you know when when it is a better time for them reinforce care for them by letting them know that you love and care for them and that you like being with them you just want things to be as good between you as possible to between you as possible be aware of their personal sensitivities and insecurities and speak with kindness i think maybe your penis is too small for instance is not a sensitive thing to say and probably not even a real issue I'm feeling like this would feel even better, with something fuller, maybe your hands, is a serious improvement. I'm having a hard time working out the difference between our reality and what I see in porn is far more accurate, sensitive, and productive than why can't you do what everyone in porn does. Watch your language. Part of communicating well, whether you're talking about sex or something else, involves using terms which both people know the meaning of and are comfortable with. You may hit roadblocks to productive sexual communication if you say you're talking about tea bagging or fingering and your partner has no idea what you're referring to. Hint. When you say tea bagging and they ask you if you prefer herbal or black tea, they don't understand you. Or if your partner calls your genitals a pussy, dick, or a prick, and those terms seriously turn you off or are gross to you, Be sure that when you are talking about sex that you do so without making too many assumptions and with care to what language you are using to express yourself. Be open to making changes or clarifying in order to better that communication. Ask about what words work for your partner. Tell them what words and language feel best to you. Everyone also has different levels of comfort when it comes to pillow talk, talking about sex during sex. Some people may like a partner to talk dirty during sex who either isn't comfortable with that in general or who is comfortable with that, but not yet. Plenty of people have a hard time or just don't like talking about sex during sex for the effect of heightening arousal in general. Again, these tend to be matters of compatibility, and by discussing them, even in advance of sexual activity, even partners with some divergence of opinion can often find middle ground that works for both of them. Make sexual communication an ongoing process. In other words, don't expect one talk about one thing to be the only talk you'll have or to net instant results. Most people tend to need time on their own to mold talks about sex over since partnered sex can be so complex, it's sometimes tough to sort through, and a lot of the time you won't have the talk. You'll have a series of evolving talks about any given issue. As well, folks may not want to have a six-hour gabathon about a sensitive or an emotionally loaded issue. It might be better to talk a bit about something one day than suggest you do something mellow and unloaded and talk about it more in a few days. Expect the best if you walk into a sexual conversation anticipating that it will go poorly it's much more likely to you'll probably be more timid than you would otherwise won't do the best job of really stating your case and may be less likely to be honest if instead you walk in with the expectation that what you have to say is productive and important and your partner can absolutely handle talking about sex and if they're having sex they better be able to talk about it too and listening to you you're more likely to communicate well and most honestly, and your partner's going to hear your confidence and trust in them in your voice. By all means, at, as, by all means, accentuate the positive. Unless you're talking with someone who is being abusive or is not minding your boundaries, when you have an otherwise positive sex life with someone, you can make them feel at ease and secure by being sure that even areas you may be being critical. You're also acknowledging the good shit, the good stuff. For example, let's say that you really enjoy sex with your partner, but their utter lack of communication makes you feel clueless as to what to do to be sure they're enjoying it too. To keep positives in there, you might say something like, I love being with you, I love how you give me clues about what you like with your body. I think things could be even better though if you could also tell me with words sometimes what you like or want. Don't ditch your sense of humor. Obviously, there are some conversations in which humor just isn't appropriate, like when a partner is seriously stomping over your boundaries, or a partner needs to talk about previous sexual abuse with you, but in a lot of conversations about sex, it's fine to have moments of lightness, and it's helpful to inject a little laughter to help everyone feel more comfortable. There are some people who strongly feel that any kind of talking during or about sex kills their buzz trouble is we just have to talk about sex at least sometimes and if we're really fully present with sex then talking about it shouldn't be a huge bummer someone who feels that way may also not be in the healthiest headspace maybe talking kills things for them because they're trying to pretend something is fine when it really isn't maybe they're trying really hard to avoid being vulnerable or close in which case it's mighty silly for them to be having sex which is all about that or want the sex they're having to be more about a fantasy than the reality maybe they don't want you to talk about maybe they don't want you to talk because they don't want to leave you real room to say no or have a say maybe they're really just not ready for sex with someone else because being able to communicate is a big part of being ready if it feels to you that sexual issues cannot be discussed by you or your partner either because you don't feel ready or because you think talking about them will spur on anger upset jealousy or massive insecurity then you might want to wait for partnered sex with that person until you both do feel able to talk more comfortably and have more practice doing it outside of bed where any conversation tends to be a lot more loaded suffice it to say if it feels patently unsafe to ever talk to your partner honestly about anything to do with sexuality. That's just not a safe person to be with sexually at all. Often it, take, often it also takes a few tries. and sometimes more than that before we meet someone whose needs and wants are compatible with ours or can work with a partner to find middle ground that works for both people. Because of that, It can be tempting to try and let things go unsaid we really need to be talking about, like limits and boundaries that aren't being respected or communicated, wants or needs that aren't being met, relationship models we know we can't deal with, or sexual velocity that is just going too damn fast. Resist that temptation if it happens. You don't want to set patterns or precedents for things that aren't okay with you or aren't working for you, because that makes it even harder to work them out in the long run. Put your limits and boundaries onto the table as soon as they come up. Even if it's difficult, awkward, or feels risky to do, it will be a lot easier to set limits earlier rather than later. And taking risks to better understand each other it's always a healthy risk to take with a good chance of delivering something positive and healthy. Once you have some basic, solid communication practices and dynamics down, it's a matter of basic care and feeding. If and when you do start having partnered sex, you'll keep talking to one another. All the time, and it should become second nature to always be communicating, sharing ideas, feelings, and experiences without trying too hard. It's not unusual when you first start having partnered sex to go without heavy verbal communication for a while because it's new. And that newness can make things so exciting that even sex that isn't physically so great is made better by the rush of something new. Because you're both caught up in all the things that feel good and because things that aren't yet as you like them will just take more time. But over time, not only are you likely to need to talk more, you'll both probably wanna talk more too. Partner sex is one of those things that tends to get better the longer you do it with someone, but part of why is communication that increases over that time. So communication is important, but the sex you're having also doesn't need to feel like a lecture series to be healthy. You'll probably find, as most people do, that when you start from a place of open communication and keep communicating regularly and as needed, just opening that door not only makes communication become easier and easier over time, and when you get good at it with one partner, it tends to get easier with other partners over time. Those regular habits will allow you to have more times when body language and monosyllables do you both just fine. All the better than they would have if you didn't have great verbal communication, too. Um, I just want to say that my women partners and I, we have sexual self mastery, and that's why we have a loving, Sexual mastery of each other that is of equal par to each other's greatness, all around greatness, and also in this case, sexual greatness. Um, we explore each tires, we explore each other's entire bodies in every which way, masterfully, with advanced expertise. Let's just put it that way. Um, Ooh, let's do it. Be a blabbermouth. Some sample sexual conversations. The not-just-yet hookup. You've hung up with someone once or twice with friends and wound up spending time alone both times. Now you're hanging out alone in a private space for the first time. Some enjoying making out is afoot. And it seems pretty likely one or both of you are going to initiate something more sexual. That'd be just fine by you but you want to be sure things don't get heavy too fast. You. Hey, this feels great, and i like to keep on doing it if you would, but I just want to press pause for a sec to make sure we're on the same page. Them. Mmm, mmm, okay, what's up? You. I like to keep making out, and I'm probably comfortable with some dry sex if you are, but I know I don't want to go further than that this soon. Them. Yeah, I like this too, and if you want to have dry sex, I could be down with that, but that all... By itself is great for me too. You, awesome. Just keep me posted any changes. If you start to feel differently, and then I'll do the same. Can I press play again? Alternate conversation. You, hey, this feels great, and I'd like to keep on doing it if you would. But I want to stop for a sec to make sure we're on the same page. Them, mmm, mmm, shh, keeps kissing. You, whoa, it's really important to me that I take a minute now, so I need you to do that too them uh fine you you know if we can't do things like just take a minute to check in and lay down some boundaries and ground rules and that's all i needed to do while this felt really good i don't want to keep going on with it so i'm going to go home for now if you're ready to talk about this another time you can call me the silent partner you can tell that your partner's trying pretty hard to have things feel good to you but your indirect or non-existent communication about what feels best to you and where has got them clueless and you perpetually dissatisfied. You have a disability which limits your mobility and which you also aren't yet totally comfortable talking about when it comes to sex. Fact is, you just have a tough time talking about what you like them. How about this? Do you like this? Do you want that instead? you know what? Let's stop for a minute and talk. I've been having the hardest time talking about what I like and what I don't. Maybe I'm afraid of hurting your feelings or of embarrassing myself. It's also still not easy for me to voice when my disability keeps me from doing things I wish I could do, but I know just don't work for me. Then, while I embarrass myself in front of you almost every day and you still like me, and my feelings shouldn't be hurt about what you like and you don't. If they are, that's my thing to deal with, not yours. I don't have a disability, but there are plenty of things I can't do or which don't feel comfortable for me, too. How about we start with the good stuff? That's easy, right? Later on, we can get to the stuff that's going to make me feel like a dope. You. Okay, well, I like it when you do, but it's often painful for me to do it in the position you keep wanting to do it in then I like that, too, so what can I do to make that even better, and how can we do it so you're comfortable? you um maybe we could try it like them you got it see not so hard when it's over for me it's over your sexual partner doesn't seem to really keep you in the picture when they're all finished with sex to act as if that means you must be too even though you usually aren't you i want to talk to you about something that's been bothering me and, and and it isn't easy to talk about but i need to them okay what is it you. Well, I keep feeling like you maybe you don't understand it just because you're finished with sex, it doesn't mean I am. When we have sex together, it feels like it's all about how we get off and not about me too. Then, wow, I thought you were enjoying yourself. I feel terrible now. You don't need to feel terrible. I should have said something before now. I was just too nervous and I've been enjoying myself, just not all the time and just not to the point where I'm feeling as good as you are or getting to an orgasm like you do. But now that you know, can I tell you what I need some more of? And can we talk about how we might do things differently from here on out? Then, of course, alternate conversation. You, I want to talk to you about something that's been bothering me and isn't easy to talk about but i need to them okay what is it you well i keep feeling like you maybe you don't understand that just because you're finished with sex that doesn't mean i am when we have sex together it feels like it's all about how or when you get off and not about me too them this is them just being an asshole i just gotta say it it's about you. I mean, you're there and I'm touching you, aren't I? My friend says girls. Yes, they're actually calling women girls. Told you. What a shit bag. My friend says girls like it the way we do it just fine and the ones that don't just have something wrong with them you what yeah i'm there but i feel like i'm there mostly for what you want and i'm not other girls i'm me i don't know about the girls you're friends with she should have said i'm a woman god damn it but i know that this isn't working for me and i'm the i'm just saying i'm the woman whose opinions and feelings should matter here and something is wrong wrong right now i don't feel like you're really considering me while well, i understand you might be feeling defensive I need to be heard more than your friends if we're going to keep having sex. What I'm saying is that when you're finished, most of the time I'm not. I need you to either care about, I need you to either care more about that or if you already do, to show me that you care by asking if I'm finished when I'm not, by asking what else I want to do. i do the same thing for you if I came first. Then, this is making me really mad. It's pissing me off. It's not my problem. Normal sex doesn't work for you. You, you know, this is a hard talk for me to have too But with you being as angry about it I don't feel like we can have it right now You're saying some pretty hurtful shit to me And I don't feel like you're being very considerate of my feelings We're having sex together So any problems I'm having like this Are supposed to be things you care about too I think you do But you're too upset to have this talk now So I'm gonna go home for now But I'll call you in a little bit We could talk more if you want Or you can call me when you've cooled off Hey, I just got to jump in here. If somebody is being a piece of shit to you, stop fucking them, period. Don't have sex with low self-esteemers, people who they would have sex with you for all the bad reasons don't have sex with assholes and don't fuck evil people don't do that just don't just don't it, i'm talking about if you can help it when i say low self-esteem i'm not dissing about it. i'm just saying there are some people that that guy had low self-esteem because he was when he, because of the way he was treating her he wasn't respectful of himself nor her so i'm not dissing people who've had things that happen to them that's not their fault i'm talking about people who they base their self-esteem off the wrong things and they know better which choose not to do better i'm just talking about them okay um this their favorite your big drag there's a sexual activity your partner really likes to do or so you've done it a few times even though you've come to the conclusion that you really don't like it at all They want to do it again today, and you're just feeling trapped, especially since you feel like because you did it a few times before, it's going to be a big drama for you to say you don't want to do it anymore. You're also worried about losing them if they can't do that activity with you. You, hey, I really don't want to do anymore. I know you like it, so I've tried it, but I'm just not into it and it doesn't make me feel good. You, right? them why didn't you tell me before you i was still making up my mind but i was also worried because it seems like everybody doesn't likes it so i felt like a jerk or a prude was also being really worried you just want to find somebody else who would do it i wanted to like what you like them well you like and i don't well i wish i did because it made you happy i know that you wouldn't want me to do anything i didn't like and that sex where we both aren't into something just isn't any good where we both aren't into something this isn't really good i don't want you to do things you don't like there are plenty of things we both like and we don't have to like all the same things and I never ditch you but because you don't want to do something that I, ca- I and i never ditch you because you don't want to do that i care about you for way more reasons than this please just be honest with me you don't want to do something okay how can i help you God, thanks. I'm sorry. I was just feeling really insecure and I guess you could help by just not talking about how hot that is and obviously by not asking me to do it for now. Who knows? I might feel different later on and if I do, I'll let you know, okay? Them, no problem. Consider it none. By the way, I'd be meaning to tell you something too. You, what? Them, this is hard for me, but oh God, I just know how to say this. You, oh no, what is it? Are you okay? Them, I'm just gonna come out with it. I know you love chocolate ice cream, but and this is and this isn't easy for me to say. I gotta be honest, I'm a mint chocolate chip guy. I hope you still wanna be with me. Not tonight or this month, honey. I have a headache. You're just not in the mood for sex lately, probably for a few reasons. You've been stressing, depressing, you also have some relationship issues that have been bothering you you can we talk about me and sex for a bit Them sure is everything okay you uh it's really not for me right now it's just that lately i haven't been in the mood for sex at all i wish i was but i've ju- but i've just been so stressed out these anti depressants are doing a serious number on me and i also think i'm just feeling unresolved with where we are with other parts of our relationship lately Them i can understand that even though i wish you felt better what should we do you Maybe we could spend the time we have together for a while. to just snuggling or doing some different things together. And maybe we could also talk some more about that fight we had last week. I know, I said I felt fine about it afterwards, but after a few days, I realized I really didn't. Then I'm not going to lie and say I don't miss sex with you. I do. But I'm happy to do any or all of those things. Whatever you need, I'm not going anywhere after all. And I know you'd be understanding with me if I was in the same spot. That's, that has been... That has to be a big bummer for you. You, it seriously is, but you know, I'm feeling a little better about it already because you're being so great about this. I don't know why I expect anything different. Thanks so much, I love you. Confessions of a faker. You've been faking orgasm. You don't know how on earth to tell your partner. You, I have to tell you something. It's really hard for me and you will probably be upset. The world isn't ending, but it's a pretty big deal. Then what is it? You, oh boy, well, sex together isn't going as well for me as you think it is. I've been faking orgasm a lot. Then what, when, why? You, I just didn't want you to feel bad. I don't know how to tell you when it's happening. I feel like you get really frustrated with me when I don't come and like a lot of the time it seemed easier to just pretend. Them, God, that's terrible. I feel like such an asshole. I must be awful in bed and this is like lying. You've been lying to me. I'm sorry, I can understand you being so upset with me feeling like that. Do you want me to keep talking? Do you need a minute? Them, no, keep talking. This just really sucks. You, okay, and I know it does, which is why I'm trying to finally talk about it. I don't want things to keep being like this. It's not about you being a jerk or being bad in bed. It's just that, for starters, I need you to put less pressure on me to orgasm. When you get so frustrated, it's pretty hard for me to stay excited. Two, I think it helped if we did more things with sex or spent more time with those things that were more likely to get me there. A lot of what we do seems to be the things you like best, not but not the things I do. I know we haven't really talked about what those things are before, so some of that is my fault, but I want to talk about them now. Them, fine. You, you're really quiet. I know that's probably because your feelings are hurt. I never wanted to hurt your feelings, and I'll understand if you're upset for a while or need to earn some trust back. But I'm trying here, and this is tough for me, too. Them, I am upset, and I just feel like a loser for thinking things were so good for you when they weren't, because what it does say about me if I can't make you come you? Well, unless I told you they weren't, you couldn't have known. And since I didn't, what it seems to say about you is that you have a girlfriend who needs to work on speaking up. And until we talk about what I think I like more, I don't think it makes sense to make this about you. You know what I mean? I think it'd be great if, from now on, you ask me more about what I like, and I promise that from here on out, when you ask, I'll tell the truth. In fact, even if I think it'll make you less happy than you might be if I didn't. If you could also just try to make my orgasm less about you, I mean, what it means about you, and more about me, since it is, I think that helped too. Then, you're right, I wasn't really asking you. I just assumed what I like, with what, what what you did, and I get frustrated because you can make me come. So I should be able to do it too. And if I can't, there's something wrong with me. I'm still feeling kind of funny about all this. And it might take me a little time to feel really comfortable again with sex. But I would like to talk about what you like for the next time. And I'm really sorry. you feel like you had to pretend. looks like we both owe each other apologies. They don't. You don't. Your partner wants to have sex for the first time. Right now, you don't. Then, can we move this to the bedroom? I think it's time... To take, to, I think it's time to take things to the next level You I'm cool going to the bedroom if you want to But I don't feel like it's time for me to step things up yet Sorry, I just need some more time Them But if we've been going out for a while now It just feels right And you're so sexy right now I want you And you got me all worked up <laughs> You Hey, I'm glad you think I'm sexy I think you're hot too And while I also really care about you It doesn't feel right for me yet I'm worked up right now, too, but that doesn't mean it's a good idea for me to go farther before I'm ready or that it's fair to suggest that I should do more than I'm comfortable with because you're excited. Plus, we haven't even talked about this before, and I feel like there's a lot to talk about. We can stop and talk about it. And we can stop and start talking about it now if you want. So as long as you understand, I'm still not going to do it tonight, or we can keep doing what we're doing or even just call it a night, but that's it. Then... I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to be so pushy. That wasn't cool of me. Let me calm down for a minute. And then, what do you say we just come up and talk about this? No pressure. Just seems like it'd be a good idea to figure out where we both stand and what we need. You. That'd be great. Thanks. Alternate conversation. Then, can we move this to the bedroom? I think it's time to take to take things to the next level. You. I'm cool going to the bedroom if you want to, but I don't feel like it's time for me to step things up yet. Yeah, sorry them no problem you want to keep doing what we are then or want to just chill out we could talk about this too if you want you you know I like what we're doing so if you're cool we could keep it at that level like to keep doing that thanks for being so understanding a right way to say I want you thinking you'd like to have your relationship become a sexual one neither you nor the person you're dating have brought up sex yet nor done much more than kissing you I you can i talk to you about something it might be a little awkward i'm sure what is it you i've been thinking a lot about sex with you if it's something you like to do with me too them stammers You, i don't mean to put you on the spot it's just that i'd rather talk about it together first than just make a move that i'm not sure you want or are ready for It won't hurt my feelings if you don't feel the same way i mean i'd be bummed but it's okay or don't feel that way yet i just want to let you know how i'm feeling so See how you're feeling and talk it over. And then, well, thanks. Sorry to be so flushed. You just caught me off guard. You know, I've been thinking about that too. I don't want to do that. I do want to do that too. I just didn't know how to bring it up without making you feel uncomfortable. I'm also pretty shy with this stuff. You. That's okay. It feels a little uncomfortable for me to talk about too. I practiced saying this like eight times before it came over. But I figured if I can't be okay talking about it, I probably shouldn't be doing it. There are also some things we we should just sort out in advance, like we've never talked about our sexual histories or where we both see this relationship going these days. I also want to be sure that we're on the same page when it comes to stuff like birth control and safer sex, where we actually need any of that stuff. Then that'd be great. But do we have to talk about all that today? You know. I don't think it's a one-day thing anyway, but maybe we could start with some of it today and just take it from there, then that works for me. And um, I'm glad you think you wanna have sex with me. I was worried you weren't interested or that I'd fuck things up, screw things up by not saying something first. Do we have do we have to start talking right the second or can I give you a kiss first? You not without a condom, just kidding. <laughs> so let me be honest here. Um, When it comes to my women partners and myself, um, we have poetically, blunt, honest sexual conversations with each other. And they tend to start beautifully. The duration is beautifully done. And the end of the conversation is beautifully um, had. We hold the conversation beautifully. And we talk about sex with each other quite ethically, effectively. Everything about our sex life, the verbal and the nonverbal, are completely ethical. 100% integrity. And so I did not want to overlook that at all. Um, I think it was important for me to even um, mention that and checking to see how much time I have. Um, So, real quick, I want this to be understood. Let me see if I can read. Go for it. What Safer Sex Isn't by Heather Corinna. Every day we explain her in articles, advice, pieces, and on the message boards what safer sex is. But some of our readers come to Scarlet team with ideas about safer sex that are incorrect or incomplete, not knowing they're taking higher risk with sexually transmitted infections as TIs or STDs than they think or without the level of protection they assume that they have. We recognize and honor everyone's right to make whatever choices about their bodies and selves that they feel are best, but we want to be sure that the choices anyone is making with sex in their health are the ones they truly mean to be making and are based in fact, not fiction. So we figured it might be time to also explain all the things that safer sex is not. What isn't safer sex? You asking someone if they have a sexually transmitted infection and them saying no. Your partner's having asked previous partners if they have STIs. Someone telling you they're clean, especially someone who has never had any testing done or isn't current with their tests. Using condoms sometimes, but not always. Putting condoms on after genital contact begins or only before ejaculation or orgasm. Sharing sex toys without covering them with a condom or boiling them before or after use. Not doing anything at all for prevention because everyone's previous partner said they were virgins. Having pap smears be the only testing anyone is getting. Having an HIV or hepatitis screen during blood donation be the only testing someone had had. Avoiding any vaginal intercourse but having unprotected oral or anal sex. Giving a partner oral sex but not swallowing their ejaculate. Not having intercourse per se but rubbing genitals directly together without clothing on or latex barriers. Having had the HPV vaccine but not using barriers. Using withdrawal, pulling out for vaginal or anal intercourse. By the way, you can get pregnant from pre-cum. So the pulling out method, ditch that right now and don't go back to it. Hormonal methods of contraception, they protect against pregnancy, but not against STIs. Being virgins, particularly if that means either person having had no partners for intercourse before, but having had them for other kinds of sex, like oral sex, having someone be your first partner, being theirs, but one of you has had sexual partners before, being a certain age, being married or engaged, being lesbian and slash only having slept with women, being serially monogamous, in other words, not having had what you consider any casual sex partners, but still having had more than one partner, just moving relationship to relationship, being in love with or loving someone, looking at your genitals and those of your partner and seeing nothing unusual, using condoms or other other barriers past expiry dates, washing genitals before and slasher after sex and urinating before and slasher after sex, but not using barriers, someone or yourself only having had one previous partner, only two previous partners, only five previous partners, or any other arbitrary number of previous partners, being a good person, Good girl, good guy. Uh, you know, this <sighs> gender and sexual diversity. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to keep everybody belonged in my episodes. Being a member of a certain economic class, race, sexual orientation, size, shape, or gender. Uh, okay, I can really finish this on out. There are some of the things we commonly hear from users who either think they're practicing safer sex but aren't, or who think they're protecting STIs without doing any part of safer sex practices. I'm pointing them out because false ideas about what's safe endanger everyone and no one can make informed choices well if the information they have or hold is false or faulty. People can and do wind up with STIs at every age, within every sexual orientation, economic class, race, gender, or other broad groups in and outside of marriage. And all kinds of relationship models where there's love and trust and where there isn't. Both people who are nice or kind and people who aren't either get or have STIs. Hormonal contraception or withdrawal don't provide any protection against STIs and neither does having any arbitrary numbers of partners for any kind of sex. Being in generally good health or only having kinds of sex you or others might consider to be everything about sex. General physicals, Uh Exams or pap smears alone aren't full STI testing, and neither are the screenings some people get done who donate blood. Someone telling you they don't have STIs isn't the same as someone knowing they don't through testing, and people aren't always honest. Anyone basing their ideas on what a previous partner told them about the STI status, which may or may not be correct or true, isn't the same as knowing our own status. We, can, we also can't self-diagnose STIs, and more often than not, people who have an STI don't know they do based on symptoms because often people with STIs won't have any noticeable symptoms. If and when we want to reduce the risk of STIs as much as possible while still engaging in sex, then... Safer sex is correct, consistent, Always not, just some of the time. Use of latex barriers, condoms, and other barriers on body parts or toys for any kind of vaginal, anal, or oral sex. Uh, being mutually sexually exclusive, that is both you and your partners only have sex with each other. Regular testing for STIs, all you can be tested for, not just one or two by you and your partner. What we advise, what we advise you, if we you want to get to a point where you're taking a pass on condoms or latex bears is six months of bears and exclusivity, and a fresh round of STI testing for both partners. If all of both your tests come back negative, and you both agree to remain exclusive, and only then do you stop using condoms while keeping up with STI tests every year or two, depending on how long you're together and exclusive for you can be pretty sure that the risk of STIs is very low. That six-month window allows for plenty of time for STIs possibly acquired before you two got together to show up on tests. It also gives you both some time to establish trust and see if exclusivity is going to remain something each of you wants to continue and will continue. You may or may not do all the parts of safer sex, do them consistently, or may ditch barriers before that six months is up. Some people also choose not to be exclusive or their partners then. Is not. Even if they are, it will have more than one partner at a time as part of their agreed relationship model. As well, the hard truth is that even after six months of being together, sometimes after many years, not everyone will be honest with partners about sex outside the relationship. And if there's any one part of safer sex that doesn't work with your relationship model, like exclusivity, that you don't do, you can either change that situation or adjust what you do, do to work better for you. For instance, if you know you and slash or a partner aren't being exclusive or are not using barriers all the time, you can get tested more often than you would otherwise. But if you want to reduce your risk as much as possible as to having sex with a partner, you'll need to be doing all three of those safer sex components all the time. It's up to each of us to decide what level of risk we and our partners are comfortable with and want. When making those choices we're going to want to consider their possible outcomes just like with any other decision we make in life both in the short and the long term for instance while in the short term going without calmness may seem like it might feel better physically and be less socially awkward at the moment in the long term acquiring sti might seriously impact the rest of our lives especially if we don't get tested or treated and with something like hiv may even cut our lives or those of others short additionally even short-term avoiding important communication with a sexual partner being unassertive doesn't that don't tend to have the best results so do try and think it through and if things are moving too fast for you to do that always press pause and ask for a few moments so you can be sure the choices you're making are the ones you really want to be if you don't practice any or all of what safer sex really is what you need to know is that you just can't figure you don't have potentially high STI risk. If any of us are having sex with someone else, we have those risks, none of us is magically immune. It's also not sound to think that even when you are doing all of safer sex, even to the letter, that you have no risk. Rather, what you have when practicing safer sex is a highly reduced level of risk. That's why, that's why what used to be called safe sex in the 80s got changed to safer sex in the 90s. And as I'm sure you know, the only 100% safe sex when it comes to sexually transmitted infections is no kind of sex at all, where there's any possibility of body fluids being exchanged, which means no direct oral or genital contact. But these three practices, when shared by both partners, provide a high level of protection against STIs. When it comes to fluid-borne infections like HIV, chlamydia, or syphilis, latex barriers provide around or over around 90% protection. When it comes to -to skin-to-skin transmitting STIs, where no fluids are needed for transmission like like HERPs and HPV, latex barriers provide more like 70% protection. We don't have any figures for how much just being exclusive protects you, because we can't account for the wide diversity of everyone's STI status, obviously. If you're having sex with someone who has tested negative for all STIs, that risk may be zero, while for someone who has never been tested, it's just a big question mark. We also don't have any figures for how much testing alone protects you because testing by itself isn't really a prevention behavior. Getting tested tells us if we or others have something or not. It helps get us treated if we do, but it doesn't prevent STIs from being transmitted in any way. If you're using barriers, you can figure out you've got a minimum of 70% And a maximum of over 98% protection from barriers alone, if you and your partners and your partner are also being sexually exclusive and getting tested regularly in addition to using barriers and are either negative or have been treated for any treatable STIs that did show up on tests, you can figure you're at even less risk than that. If you're not using barriers, you have to understand that you don't have that 70 to ninety-eight percent protection like people who are using barriers do. Lastly, sometimes we hear from users who tell us that they absolutely, positively want to take no risk of acquiring a sexually transmitted infection. Safer sex isn't 100% protection again. It's safer, not safe. If you're someone who wants to take absolutely no risk, then your only right answer is not to have any kind of sex beyond outer course to avoid any kinds of intimate contact where body fluids of any kind are exchanged. Kissing is okay, but that does pose an oral herpes risk where there is any genital contact. You also will need to avoid intravenous uh, drug use, any kind of exposure to other people's blood, blood or body fluids in non-sexual situations in case those things aren't obvious. P.S. The reason I use clean quotes up there is that it's not only stigmatizing language, it's widely inaccurate. It suggests STIs either make a person dirty or that dirty people in quotations are the ones who have STIs. STIs are illnesses, just like the common cold, the flu, the flu, a staph infection, diabetes, and other illnesses are illnesses. People who have STIs aren't dirty, they're sick, just like people who have a cold aren't dirty, but are sick. The language can also enable a lot of the myths around STIs that keep people from getting tested and treated. Limit research funding and do emotional harm to anyone with an STI. So we invite you to take a step towards accuracy and away from, stigmati- and away from stigmatization by just changing your language. Negative or clear, more accurate terms for being without any or all sexually transmitted infections, and they also don't stigmatize people. Changing the words you use in this way is a tiny thing to do that can have a big positive. Impact. Um, What would I like to say? I want to say... I want to clarify something. When I said don't have sex with people of self-esteem, I'm not talking about um, abuse or rape or any kind of violence or trauma or being victimized at all. I'm talking about... Who are assholes For the sake of being assholes Those, you know Don't have sex with toxic people If you can help it Again, don't have sex with evil people If you can help it And don't have sex with assholes If you can help it Because If they're treating you that way And they, they don't have to But they choose to Then obviously they don't feel good about themselves. Those are the only low self-esteemers I was talking about. Um, my women partners and I, um, it's always safer sex. And, you know, our testing is usually great. Uh, always comes back, you know, negative. And, um, we make sure to have safe sex, safer sex all the time, Um, I also, um, discussed that my women partners and I, we are erotic masters, sensual masters, um, kinky masters, energetic masters, sexual masters. We're the masters of sex. We're the masters of eroticism. We're, we're porn masters we're um we're erotica masters we're curiosa masters um, we're adult entertainment masters when i say master that also means expert too so yeah we're rock stars when it comes to s- sex and sexuality and sensuality and eroticism, erotica, being erotic. um, I'm repeating myself because I'm just being funny here, but it's the truth too. And we, um, we also are just the masters and experts of All kinds of sex that we have. Um, I'm just... Sometimes I take a pause just thinking about what I'm saying and the beauty of saying it. And just it being the truth. Um, I just want to say... Yeah... We are BDSM masters, and uh, rough sex masters, and we have master expertise when it comes to um, all kinds of sex. Repeating myself for fun, but thank you.